Welcome to episode 348 of Troubadours and Rakan Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a great conversation with regular contributor, fiddle player, German teacher, and our resident historian, Surf William. The Surf and I reflect on 2019 nationally, globally, personally, hopes and predictions and plans for 2020, our neighbors and how they can have political views as they often do that just don't seem too correct. Not political, but right-thinking people. The Proud Boys, Europe enlightened, bigotry, ignorance and fear, duplicity of politicians, encouraging apathy, distraction and disengagement, voter turnout, Greta Thunberg, and what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding. Great conversation with Surf William on this week's episode. We have an EWSA titled Frat Guy, and we share the UN speech on climate change by Greta Thunberg, and also we share a poem titled House. All of this, of course, as is always the case, is imbued, infused with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to have you with us. Let's get to it. Episode 348 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Yes. 
guy. When an unkept 60-year-old man-child with a bad haircut is the leader of the anti-immigration, anti-EU conservative party of the once superpower-statured island in the North Atlantic, you wonder if it is the end of the story. Both sides of the pond have now a strong bond, seeking glory in the ways of impetuous rich white boys. How can we revolve around this sort of power pulling us all within its cockeyed orbit and still flourish as a species? These men are not like MLK or John Lennon. How did we end up with Donald and Boris? Are these the best type for us as we through time and space become closer, more mixed and intermingled? And I say that as a tingle runs through my body and a wave of inspiration and happiness energizes this otherwise fairly stagnant bag of organs and bones. Because life is so much more alive and fulfilling when humans connect and build bridges, share culture, and the burdens and joys of existence. I remember as a teen boy in 10th grade thinking how things are going to be better in the world from year to year. There will be greater understanding and less fear. Can Nancy and AOC save us? Maybe it is more about sex-gender roles, strong, nurturing collectivism, more feminine-driven vision. I don't know. Though, for me, I have seen these man-boy, frat-guy, conservative, behind-kissing, objectifying bully types all too often with their selfish hands on the levers of power. And the result, in my view, is quite dour. The people you love... Shower the people you love with love. Forget about some omnipotent God up above, because we are nothing but beautiful stardust, and here at our best when we work and live to help each other shine from the inside and radiate radiantly. Let's talk about true power. There's more to life than Trying to be young all the time I'm looking for Some way to love you right My darling girl Where did you come from? And how are you? Not a grand design 
Some think it's just witchcraft But I, I think it's more than that Cause I think there's stronger magic at hand Surf William, is that you? <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? I've been better. Technology's driving me a little crazy. Well, you're getting old, you know. Well, there was a uh, there was a a, a Louis a Louis C K bit one time about how people who complain on airplanes are like insane because like do you realize you're sitting in a seat flying at 600 miles an hour? you know, able to get to California in five hours from New York and you're complaining because like, you know, your chicken Marsala is cold or yeah, something like that. I've seen so that's good. We're, we're, we're sitting here, we're sitting here chatting with each other, uh, wireless in the comfort of our homes. And I'm, and I'm pissed off because Skype is so weird and I don't understand it and I'm confused. Yeah, well, we finally connected. It's good to have you on Troubadours and Rock On Tours once again, a regular contributor. Fiddle player, German teacher, and our resident historian, Surf William. So uh, let's let's uh, reflect a bit this conversation. What do you think? We're we're recording this call in early December, getting into the second week, I guess, middle December, and yep. um, let's reflect on 2019. Let's look at it the year nationally, globally. Maybe we'll get a little personal too. Uh, I'm game and I'm flying by the seat of my pants because normally you and I have topics that we throw back and forth. But once again, I'm coming off the bench. So, <laughs> yeah, you're my number one guy <laughs> off the bench. Well, you know what I'm happened? Coming off the bench. There was a politician that was supposed to be and I really have politicians on. But this person seemed like uh, they'd be an interesting per an interesting, you know, conversation. 
Uh, but someone, them, someone, one of their handlers must have said, "Avoid that show." <laughs> so I could think, because <laughs> I got the big old blow off. But I go to my my main guy off the bench, Surf William. Well, just so you know, my handlers told me to avoid your show also, but I'm bucking their advice right now. Yeah, whatever. Those people should be fired. <laughs> Those handlers, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> So, I mean, handlers, 2019, look at the handlers, you know, number 45, his handlers, you know, uh, Speaker of the House, Madam Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, her handlers, and so on. Some of those politicians, are they are they something to talk about uh, when you're looking at 2019? Well, I don't know. You know, history, well, yeah, the answer is yes. And and I think, you know, we live through a lot of history, but when you're living through it, it's not history. It's your day-to-day life. So we're living through an impeachment right now, which is really only, what, the, the third impeachment in yep. the history of this country? Fourth, fourth impeach, impeachment process in the history of this country, because Andrew Johnson was impeached also. So... We're living through a really, really rare and historic time, and I've been following it pretty closely, but I have to say, you know, I'm driving home from work listening to the impeachment proceedings, and I think to myself, I can't stand it anymore, especially when the Republicans speak. It's maddening. I'll listen to sports talk radio just to, just to clear my head, just for a distraction, because the absurdity of the whole process and the absurdity of the Republicans uh, and you know more than more than absurdity of the Republicans, the the the, the actual the actual um, the, the the nature with which they're conducting themselves and the way that they can the way that they can justify the actions of this person in the White House, um, it's shocking to me. I'm not shocked by the president and his behavior. He's a criminal thug, moron, uneducated twit. Um, and no shock that so many of the people that were closest to him are either uh, in jail, uh, awaiting trial, or about to be brought up on charges. Because, you know, as your grandmother used to say, birds of a feather flock together. So no shock there. The bigger shock for me and the disappointment of 2019 is the people who otherwise I think are right-thinking people or, or otherwise decent people who now wholeheartedly and 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 completely support this person and his behavior and they're defending him staunchly so that's where i'm really really disappointed i'm disappointed with our citizens too who also support him people who are your neighbors and my neighbors and people we work with and see every day who actually agree with the things that are going on emanating from the white house right now that's profoundly disappointing to me so 2019, when you reflect, you're disappointed by some of your fellow citizens, by your government and its machinations. Well, as I often say, you know, my personal life is, is rather fulfilling and, and rather pleasant. I, I, as you know, I got engaged in 2019. Congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, you know, my personal life is, is i couldn't I couldn't ask for a better life for myself right now and my family, but the rest of the world seems to be so incredibly insane and effed up that i i I have to every day is a struggle to reconcile my 
my the satisfaction of my personal life with the insanity and the and the and the tragedy and the and the pain and the sorrow that I see all around me in the world. And you know, when you were a teenager coming up um, in your twenties and you know college and the like, looking forward to your adult life, did you imagine people would be behaving? Your government would be behaving in the way that uh, they are now? Well, let's put it this way. When I was a teenager growing up in, in Scranton, Pennsylvania, I, I come from a very large, large family, as, 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 as do you. And um, what, what, what I couldn't have imagined at that age, we were pretty apolitical, I have to say. You know, when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of talk of politics in my house. Um, there was a lot more talk about hunting and sports in my home than there was about politics. But I always looked at the members of my family, my immediate family and my extended family, as being right-thinking people. And what do I mean by right-thinking people? I mean people who, who shared, you know, we all shared common values of decency and respect and, 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 and a, a basic concept of how to treat others and how we would want to be treated and things like being kind and helping the elderly neighbor uh, to shovel her sidewalks in the wintertime or shaking hands with the opposing little league team. If you won or lost a baseball game, real basic stuff like that. And that's what I saw around me, not only from my immediate family and extended family, but from my neighbors. And now I look at my family and my neighbors and I see a lot of people espousing bigotry and hate and xenophobia and racism and intolerance and these are the people I thought were, you know, at heart, decent people. And what this person in the White House has really brought out are those divisions uh, and those, those prejudices that we used to maybe keep under wraps somewhat while we were treating each other halfway decently. Now it seems like people don't want to do that anymore. And in fact, the bigotry and the hate and the intolerance seemed to be just they were just waiting to come out and all they needed was a catalyst like this person in the white house and now not only do you have divisions among neighbors you've got major divisions within families i have relatives that i barely speak to anymore because of their support for this person and i'm shocked and disappointed by it yeah so it it, it isn't turning out the way you might have anticipated uh, you know, as a, as a younger person, the, the way it like evolving, I think we, when we're younger, we we do look at it, right thinking and 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 being ethical and moral and trying to figure out better ways of, of you know, being alive as a, as a person, as an individual, as a, a citizen. If even look, I don't know if people even look at themselves as citizens anymore um, in the way that I'm thinking, at least. But. That's not happening so much. And 2019, since 2016, it's really become clear that there, there are some problems, some divisions here in our country, and we still haven't figured them out. And in a little while, maybe we'll get to what you predict will happen. But let's break it open globally a bit. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just reading today, it looks like in uh, Britain, uh, that uh, the Tories are, are going to have a majority. You know the conservatives, uh, mm -hmm. and what does that say to you about Europe or, or the Euro European Union? Uh, well, uh, I actually find a little bit of comfort in that, and I'm going to tell you why. I have uh, 
I have friends in Europe. Uh, I have some good friends in Sweden who I am in contact with pretty regularly via Facebook. And, um, you know, they're constantly, you know, singing the praises of their Scandinavian paradise, uh, how enlightened uh, their, the, the country that they live in is, uh, namely Sweden. But, you know, you will hear the same thing from people in Denmark and Norway and to a lesser extent Germany. But don't forget, those countries have their fascists also. They have their radical right-wing political parties that espouse hatred and bigotry and xenophobia. Um, so, you know, we don't have a monopoly on the ugliness that is, uh, you know, the right wing of American politics. Uh, it's very disappointing to me, but one of the ways I find a little bit of comfort, a little bit of solace, is to remind myself that that element has always been there. Sometimes more vocal than other times, but in fact, it's always been there. Um, and the question only becomes, how do we combat that? Because unfortunately, what I'm realizing now as I get older, uh, at the half century mark, is that we're going to have to keep on combating it because it doesn't seem to go away. So our job is to continually fight it and be a counterweight to that right wing hate and bigotry. So it's a human thing. It's not just here in the U.S. It's it's global. It's a human thing. This bigotry and hatred and tendency to, to divide rather than unite. It rears its ugly head when you have the combination of, of ignorance and fear. And with those two things, with ignorance and fear, you can really, you can really start the fire that is over, over um, um, aggression and violence towards the other. So, you know, again, when you see the, the Proud Boys marching in the street, as pathetic as they are, and as angry as they look, and you and I have talked about this before, it isn't really anger that is the base emotion. It really is fear. What are they afraid uh, mixed, of? What are they afraid of? Well, what are they afraid of? What are they afraid of? That is the question. So I would say, you know, a person who, who is willing to espouse these right-wing um, right tenets of hate, um, that person is, there's a real fear there. And what is that person afraid of? That person's afraid of the other. You know, you have a, a, a major candidate from a major party saying that anyone who comes over the border is a, is a rapist, is a drug dealer, is a criminal, is looking to steal your job, break into your home, rape your women. Um, if you can get people to believe these lies, you are, you are stoking the fires of fear. And that's what the right wing does. It gets people, people who have a legitimate concern. In fact, let me, let me, let me backtrack. People who are prone to be afraid of the other are easily provoked by manipulators like the per current person in the White House to act on those fears in various ways, whether well, it's through voting for someone like him or whether it's through doing something violent and aggressive towards the other. Well, you, you mentioned uh, the Proud Boys. Who are the Proud Boys? Um, I hope I'm not messing up the name, but these are this is this radical right wing, you, mostly suburban white guys who, um, who espouse right wing politics. And I think they were the ones marching in Richmond, Virginia with the tiki torches, um, you know, uh, chanting anti-Semitic and, 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 and racist um, slogans in the streets. Well, you, you know, you're talking about the fear 
and uh, and and how we have a propensity, a large number, because if what you're saying is true, and I, I you know, from my observation, I think you're you're onto something, that it is. Uh, a very significant and predominant uh, tendency of human beings across the globe. Why? Why does that tendency exist? Is it? I mean, is it in our DNA, or is it in some way f- fostered? Uh, are we, you know, in our cultures across the planet because we have not evolved enough? Uh, well, a fear. You know, fear is a healthy human emotion. Fear is what keeps you alive when you're out on the Serengeti and you come across a, a, a lion and you take off running in the other direction. It's absolutely, completely healthy. Unfortunately, it seems that we can be really our fear and sometimes what is a normal, a normal, healthy response to things can be manipulated and exaggerated so that we, in fact, fear the things that we really don't need to fear that much, and we embrace the things that actually represent the threat to us. And that's what these duplicitous politicians do so well, right? If you're a person struggling with two crappy jobs, barely making ends meet, barely able to pay the rent, and somebody can convince you that the reason your life is so difficult is the immigrant from Central America and not the corporation that's polluting your air and water and reaping incredible tax benefits from the government so that it doesn't have to pay its fair share into the social welfare system, then you're going to look for the you're going to look for the person who's got a little less power than you. You're going to kick down instead of looking up at where the problem comes from. So, you know, my basic philosophy is a lot of the problems in our country stem from the great inequity and in wealth in our country. Um you know, I think the evidence bears that out. We're seeing a wider disparity between the haves and the have-nots in this country. That represents uh, an, inherent, an inherent problem to one's ability to live the American dream. But what do the Republicans do and what does this person in the White House do? They tell you that it's not corporations or the ultra-rich that are the problem. It's the immigrants that are the problem. That's a classic fascist technique to get the average person on your side by lying to them about where the problem stems. Well, uh, can't we see through it? Why can't we see through it? Is it the educational system? Is it, re- you know, religion? Uh, you know, I, I go there a lot because I think religion stokes fear and judgment to a great extent as well. Are these the reasons, maybe? Are these institutions, our yeah. educational institutions, our religious institutions in some way, shape, and, and form, uh, keeping us stunted, not taking the opportunity to actually... Uh, empower and embolden and, and, you know, educate us in the right way? Well, yeah, I mean, we're going down a road here. We could actually take this conversation in, in serial form and just go, you know, one radio show at a time because there's so much. You've just unpacked so much there. Yes, the, the predominant structure of our society is one that encourages apathy promotes consumerism, discourages civic engagement, discourages political activism, um, is filled with distraction. What did I just say at the beginning of of this conversation? Sometimes when I can't take listening to these proceedings anymore, I turn on sports talk radio. Well, I admit it. I need a distraction sometimes. And I will tell you that our society is chock full of distractions. If you want to distract yourself and not be troubled by the issues of our day, which are really complicated and really troubling, 
It's so easy in our culture to disengage and say, I'm not going to be bothered with it anymore. I'm going to watch America's Got Talent or I'm going to watch the Philadelphia Eagles because it's just so much easier and I just can't take it. And not only that, I feel so powerless. I don't know what to do anyway. And it's a terrible feeling. And all I want is for that feeling to go away. So you're talking about a very complex, very deep seated sickness in this society that discourages us from getting involved. And I, can, I will just point at the um, typical voter turnout rate. The, the, the voter turnout rate in presidential elections is under 50%. In off-year elections, it's in the, t- the teens and 20s. It's utterly pathetic how disengaged we are from the issues that really truly affect our lives every day. Surf William here on the program, our optimistic guru. <laughs> I am an optimist. That's the sad part. <laughs> he said he's also uh, a fiddle player, a German teacher, and our resident historian. Now, what about uh, the upcoming year? You know, it's a good time. You know, we manufacture uh, an organization of uh, 12 months, and, and when we get to December, and it's tied in with the stars and the moon and all that beautiful pagan stuff, uh, as we are just starlight, really, aren't we? Uh, when you when you break it right down, um, mm-hmm. we are coming to a point where we usually reflect on and then look ahead. What do you what do you hope for in the coming year 2020, 2020 vision, maybe, if you will, predictions, plans for 2020? What's what are you thinking? For myself personally, um, I, I, again, my life is embarrassingly pleasant right now. So for myself personally, um I, I, I'm, I'm anticipating and I'm hoping for, you know, good things for, for me and for my family. So that means, you know, there's a wedding on the horizon and, um, uh, travel plans in our future. And, you know, my, my career is going well, I'm comfortable with my job and, and you and I have both been through adversity in our lives. So, uh, I know for us, it's particularly satisfying to be able to say, you know, I'm in a good place now in my life. Um, my hope for large for the larger society and for the societal ills is that right thinking people will come together and hopefully some of those people right now who are disillusioned and misguided and uneducated hopefully they will start to understand that in fact a lot of the people and a lot of the policies that they thought were designed to benefit them in fact are really hurting them. And what I say now to oversimplify and to make myself feel a little better is when it comes time for the next election, our job is to beat the crap out of the other side. And I mean that, I mean that figuratively, of course, but I do mean that in the next presidential election, I'm truly hoping that the turnout is absolutely overwhelming and the American population um, makes an overwhelming statement in favor of change away from the corruption and the thuggery of the, the, the current ruling party. That's your hope. Is that your prediction as well? Uh, I better not predict it because my political predictions are always wrong. I uh, always, always, always wrong. I'm the worst at predicting politics. Um, I, it's my hope. That's my hope. So you have no predictions. How about outside of politics? Um, okay. Outside of politics. Well, I, I wish I could be more optimistic about the direction of civilization. But I, 
I'm, I'm not feeling particularly overly optimistic about the direction we're heading in when it comes to big issues like, like, like climate change and um, displacement of populations, refu- refugee crises around the world, um, unless we're able somehow to come together internationally and start to address these monumental issues uh, in some constructive way, um, I'm, I'm slightly pessimistic right now. Now, I think a big first step in that addressing that issue would be to um, elect more enlightened leadership that, that, that possesses a little more education than our current leadership and a little more enlightenment and a little more ability to address these issues and maybe start to propose some some possible uh, beginning solutions to these to these major issues. Uh, I, I find solace in the fact that we've been through crises before as as a civilization, and we've managed to muddle through somehow. So my hope is moving forward, we can we can start to find solutions both through technology and through policy change that help us to move forward and will help us to maybe think that not just our children, but our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, you know, will have something left to inherit that's worthwhile. Um, I don't think, I, I don't, I think you need to speak to greater minds than mine to determine whether that's realistic or not. Um, but that's my hope. Well, you know, uh, Time Magazine this year decided to choose Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish, uh, teenager as mm-hmm. their per- as their person of the year uh mm-hmm. who's your person of the year oh she's a great candidate for person of the year i'm 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 thrilled for, for a number of reasons to have her as the person of the year so you you, because, would, you would choose her as well oh i absolutely love her and, and i'm going to tell you why why I, I heard one of your one of the guests on one of your previous shows um sort J- of have jq yeah jq 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 uh I, I just I, I was I was surprised that he felt that way about a 16 year old who is so engaged and so um, so determined to affect some kind of change in her life uh, for the benefit of posterity. And, you know, if only more 16 year olds were thinking the way she was thinking and thinking that the the um, the dominant paradigm simply must change and you don't need to be a scientist or an expert to look at the evidence that's out there and determine that we need to make major changes in the way we live and the way we think in order to sustain humanity and here's a 16 year old that's that's absolutely um in my opinion incredibly inspiring who's willing to make the personal sacrifices in her own life to get the message out there that we have to make change in order to to continue as a species. Um, I find that completely exhilarating and and exciting um, and motivational. And you know, I, I would have to think really hard of another person who I would want to see nominated for Person of the Year because to me she exhibits all of the characteristics that I think um, represent hope for us. The only chance we have for survival as a species are people like that who are willing to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And I absolutely love her. Um, And I am not insulted to contradict JQ 
I'm not insulted by the fact that a 16-year-old is so outraged and she's waving her finger in the face of my generation saying, you know, we made a big mess here and we have to clean it up and you cannot act like something like it's all okay because it's not okay. That's exactly the message we need to hear. Yeah, I can't wait to hear JQ's response. I can't either. Yeah, he's our uh, resident social critic out of the south of France, expat, um, global hobo, self-described. And, uh, you know, we're just about done with this conversation. Last one you and I will have this year. Uh, and I, I'm wondering if you have any any thoughts to share with uh, the throngs of listeners as we go into a new year, 2020. Well, well, you and I and JQ and our ilk and the people that we run with, we, we all grew up, we were all children of the 80s. But I think back then we all wished we were children of the 60s. We all had a real fascination with that culture, with that hippie culture. And um, as much as we like to laugh and make fun of hippies now, I have to say that I really do believe the only thing that perpetuates our species and gives us a fighting chance at all is love and understanding and peaceful coexistence with one another. Um, I've seen, not personally, but I've studied enough of what war does and what violence does and hate and ignorance. And I really don't believe that that's any answer at all. That's just simply no solution. So if I had a message for the new year, once again, it's a message of peace and love and understanding and tolerance of one another. Um, even when that's difficult at times, it's really the only chance we have. Well said. Surf William, our resident historian here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours, Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us, and uh, hopefully we cross, pad, cross paths during the holiday season. Uh, either way, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Well, Happy New Year to you and your beautiful family, and um, enjoy the show on Saturday. Oh, we will. We will. Take care, right. brother. Okay, much love. Ciao. Ciao. Oh, man.
out the, the best in me She said, my heart's so full of love and generosity Whoa, whoa, I'm a girl with a holiday smile And both the police here and the, the police there Ruin my Christmas spirit everywhere
of Greta Thunberg from her speech at the UN Climate Action Summit, September 2019. My message is that we'll be watching you. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. How dare you continue to look away and come here saying that you're doing enough, when the politics and solutions needed are still nowhere in sight? You say you hear us and that you understand the urgency, but no matter how sad and angry I am, I do not want to believe that, because if you really understood the situation and still kept on failing to act, then you would be evil, and that I refuse to believe. The popular idea of cutting our emissions in half in 10 years only gives us a 50% chance of staying below 1.5 degrees Celsius and the risk of setting off irreversible chain reactions beyond human control. 50% may be acceptable to you, but those numbers do not include tipping points, most feedback loops, additional warming hidden by toxic air pollution, or the aspects of equity and climate justice. They also rely on my generation sucking hundreds of billions of tons of your CO2 out of the air with technologies that barely exist. So a 50% risk is simply not acceptable to us, we who have to live with the consequences. To have a 67% chance of staying below a 1.5 degrees global temperature rise, the best odds given by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the world had 420 gigatons of CO2 left to emit back on January 1, 2018. Today, that figure is already down to less than 350 gigatons. How dare you pretend that this can be solved with just business as usual and some technical solutions? With today's emission levels, that remaining CO2 budget will be entirely gone within less than eight and a half years. 
There will not be any solutions or plans presented in line with these figures here today because these numbers are too uncomfortable and you are still not mature enough to tell it like it is. You are failing us, but the young people are starting to understand your betrayal. The eyes of all future generations are upon you, and if you choose to fail us, I say, we will never forgive you. We will not let you get away with this. Right here, right now is where we draw the line. The world is waking up, and change is coming, whether you like it or not. Thank you. On the journey, many thieves. Along the road, many ghosts. Don't linger at the waysides. You were made to pass them by. Don't take fear, don't take fear. Don't take fear to be your guide. Just look him in the eye and thank him kindly for his time. Say, I really must be going. There's something I need to find. There's no arrival, keep in mind. We're surrounded on all sides. Cause everyone is selling the easy life by this potion and your skin your skin will shine take this pill and you'll feel just fine just fine complacency the enemy is an empty lie but look him in the eye and thank him kindly for his time Say I really must be going There's something I need to find Life's a dream, life's a nightmare Life is hideous, life is fair Love the beauty, love the struggle Love the triumph, love the trouble Don't take fear, don't take fear Don't take fear, don't take fear don't take fear to be your guide Don't take fear to be your guide <laughs> Stay.
House. I watched three men build a house, kitchen, bedrooms, bathroom, and a den. And as they literally raised the roof on that mother, I turned to the mountaintop nearby and prayed that there, those who will live inside, have plenty of happiness and good fortune from which to imbibe. your heart be light next year all our troubles will be out of sight have yourself a merry little Christmas make the yuletide gay Next year all our troubles will be miles away Once again as in olden days Happy golden days of Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little There you have it, episode 348 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our good friend and regular contributor, Surf William, Greta Thunberg, and these musical artists, Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Lyle Lovett, and Kat Edmondson, Leslie Odom Jr., Brittany Howard, Eileen Jewell, Judy Garland, Terrence Blanchard, and Branford Marsalis, too. I wish you all a happy holiday season and a new year that is plentiful, hopeful, and filled with love. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and try to enjoy this time. Take care. <laughs>